People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. Fine Music Radio, and this is Rodney Trudgeon welcoming you to this week's edition of People of Note. Many times you've heard me raving about books, and I'm a great lover of books. But the book that I'm going to be talking about today is particularly special, not only because of its content, but because of the way it's been produced. It's called New History of South Africa. And what's interesting about it is it starts with recent discoveries about the origin of humanity in Africa from prehistory and the first peoples. Then it takes us through the great migrations of both pre-colonial and colonial times, and later the discovery of diamonds and gold, and the origins of African and Afrikaner nationalism. It examines the South African War, the two world wars, and the impact of a growing working class, along with the many forms of resistance against apartheid, culminating in the transition to majority rule, and it ends with an exploration of the first three democratic presidencies, and, importantly, the difficult dynamics of a new society. The book, I'm going to say it a few times in this interview, uh, it's a magnificent volume, has been edited by three people, Herman Chiliomi, who is Professor of Political Studies at the University of Cape Town, Bernard Mbenga, Professor of History at Northwest University, currently Extraordinary Professor at the same institution, and Bill Nassen, Emeritus Professor of History at Stellenbosch University and a Fellow of the Stellenbosch Institute for Advanced Study. And I've been trying to get them in, and I've managed to get Bill Nassen in. And, Bill, it's a great honor and pleasure to have you here, so welcome. Thank you, Rodney. It's a, it's a great pleasure and privilege to be sitting here across from <laughs> oh, you. Oh, thank you. Well, the in you FMR. Well, that's a good start. That's a good start, isn't it? As, oh, you're an uh, FMR as listener. A, as a veteran FMR listener uh-huh. and a veteran Rodney Trudgeon listener. Oh, goodness back me. Back to the SAFM and good Classic grief. FM and so on. Oh, dear. Yes. Well, let's not talk yes, about well, that. You know, we, we don't want this to turn into some sort of mutual appreciation Absolutely. society. Yes. But it's going to be very yeah. much appreciation mm. to mm. you, Herman and mm. Bernard, for mm. this really mm. magnificent book. And did you have any idea it was going to look like this? Because no, really I mean, no. I mean, all you see when you're an editor or when you're a contributor, you get these white page proofs of whatever you've done. Mm-hmm. And in the case of editors, you get to see the whole book. But you actually have very little idea of what it's going to look like because changes are being made during the course of production and there are people who are doing designing the cover and you get sent, you often get sent a few options, you know, what about this, that or the other. But mm-hmm. the final choice, you can recommend something, but someone further up the food chain <laughs> can decide <laughs> differently. Different colours, and so I was astonished at, at how beautifully it's been. Yeah, it really has. Produced. And one uh, of the—it's a hardback. And one of the other things is that the various sections of the long history mm. are colour coded, which yes, actually makes yes, it quite easy to easy, navigate. Yes, yes. But um, because I think it's—if uh, I can say—I mean, I think it because it—it's good with the book because mm. you know, the book is is a lot about South Africa and its movement, and and the books. I don't think anyone 
is expected to read that cover to cover at one <laughs> sitting. It's a sort of tableau into which you can... Dip. Oh, that's a good way of putting it, uh, a tableau. Think, you know, right. tableau we want. And then you can just look at the color-coded pages and decide what's your favorite color this week. <laughs> so, well, I suppose that's one way of getting One way of doing it, it you know. <laughs> better than paint by numbers. Well, exactly. Yes. I'm going to ask a slightly sarcastic question now, or even I'm going to be the devil's advocate. Mm. The new history of South Africa, that's quite sort of almost arrogant. There's so many history books on South Africa. I know that this one takes a different view, but did you come by the title easily? No, I mean, I mean the, the book is an updating and reworking of a book called New History of South Africa, which came out in 2007. So it's, you know, it's 15 years on from that. Mm -hmm. And I think the key thing about the original book and about this book is to to get away from using the sort of prefix the as if it's a as I, if you know I wondered why you didn't have yes that. I think because then it makes it seem as though this th is this the is one. it so this is some authority you know this is the book that gives mm -hmm. an authoritative definitive stamp on how we should understand oh, that is because I couldn't history. work out why you didn't call it yes, the new history yes. of South Africa and I think new history is partly because the people all the people who've contributed and as you know the great many contributors mm -hmm. they're not all professionally trained historians. So I think it's to convey the sense that there's an expansive view of historical understanding yeah. and writing. So the people in the book who are, have different backgrounds, you know, journalism and I mean, politics. Well, it is. There's so a on. huge uh, number of contributors, yes, actually. Yes. Were they invited to contribute? Yes. No, they, they were approached to, to contribute. Um, certain chapters. Or certain, certain chapters. Essays. And the wonderful uh, people at the publishers did a lot of that, thankfully, because, you know, something of this magnitude, as I mean, the enormous number of people who've contributed, it's a bit like herding cats. I mean, the thought of, <laughs> yeah. of having, to do it, having, having to do it yourself. Yeah. Yes. And Tafelberg um, was the publisher. And Tafelberg was the publisher, yes, okay. who did the first new history of South Africa. So yeah. did they actually commission these people? They actually they commissioned. Herman and uh, Yes, and Herman, and, and I, was, um, I was roped in uh, to be an editor for, for this particular book. Okay. I was a contributor to the very first 2007 New History. And you've written a few introductions. And, and yes. I've, written, I've written sort of epilogue and introductions and uh, chapter material. Yeah. Well, well, I want to talk yeah. about it in more detail yes. <laughs> to whet people's appetite because I was so, when I opened it, when it landed mm. on my desk, mm. I thought, goodness me, this is something mm. for the library that would be uh, much, much loved and appreciated and paid I, through. Yes. I mean, I think I have to say for local publishing, I mean, it's astonishingly mm. well produced. It I is. mean, it sets a very <laughs> high standard. Yes. So if you're listening and you, even if you just go into a shop to look at it, it's, yes. it'll, you'll soon be um, persuaded to buy it. <laughs> Bill, what's your first piece of music today for uh, us? My first piece of music is um, Leonard Cohen, Hallelujah. I've been a Leonard Cohen fan for as long as I've breathed, I think. Um, and uh, it's I'm not a particularly religious person, but that particular Leonard Cohen song is something that gets one closer, closest to some feeling of Sunday morning epiphany just before the whiskey or just before a <laughs> glass of red wine. <laughs>
That's a famous piece. You could almost call it an anthem, can't you, Bill? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Ha- yes. By yes. And done by various artists, and which uh, yeah, is absolutely. a great tribute to. To, to any musician. To any musician his, and, yes. and to good old Leonard, you know. Um, and that was the first choice uh, of my guest on People of Note this week, who is Emeritus Professor in History, Bill Nassen. And he is one of three editors of a fantastic new book called New History of South Africa, along with Herman Gilliamy and Bernard Mbenga. You know, one of the questions I've been dying to ask is very often when you think of a book of the history of South Africa, it begins with the Dutch landing here, Van Rieberg, 1652, mm, all yes, that. Yes. But this goes right back, right back mm. to the 300s. Mm. Oh, yes. How did you, yes. I mean, how does one find material? Well, I think it, you do that by thinking about who the potential contributors are. Yeah. So the early sections are done by people with archaeological training and and expertise mm-hmm. and and it's to get away from that sense of the history of South Africa starts with its colonial beginnings and to try to get back into the very early peopling of this part of the subcontinent and little in this part of the world because well, there's, yes. a, there's a line in here a whole thing saying everyone on the planet is African is, is African yes <laughs> that's right yes 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 and that everyone in South Africa is a migrant of one form of another, which I think is a very helpful way to think of, of countries, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, you could tell Boris Johnson, you know, Britain consists of migrants. He's a country of migrants. Well, indeed. Uh, over many the centuries. Romans, thank goodness and, knows who yes, else. so I think it's very helpful to... But, I mean, I'm talking about here, you, no. you really go right back, um, early humans, the hunter-gatherers, the koi-koi pastoralists, mm, yeah, um, the yes. Iron Age farming, mm. the second mm. millennium. It's, it's very interesting. I certainly not. Mm. I have not read this book. It's going to take, mm. as you said, it's not the sort of book you read from cover to cover. No. You choose a period or an yes, era, I yes, think. Yes. But the yeah, other but thing then with this early writing, as you've answered, mm, those special people yeah. do it, but the illustrations as well, they've, you've come across come up with some fantastic illustrations and photographs. No, I think, again, you know, the publishers have to be (laughs) complimented and acknowledged. Yes. um, You know, they have these sort of teams of highly specialized people who go out and find what would be appropriate for for particular sections or particular chapters. But am I right in saying that not many books of the history of South Africa go that far back? No, no, they don't actually, no. No. Mm -hmm. I mean, books for general readers, you know, this book is targeted at general readers. I mean, that they're more scholarly, more narrow academic books. Yes. Uh, which would give you the deeper early history. I mean, the Cambridge history of South Africa, with which I was also involved, uh, will give you those sort of early origins. Um, but, but it's a book written principally for a much more narrow kind of... But it could also be used as a as a uh, a scholarly book. It oh yes, yes, yes. I mean, in schools, yes, schools, yes. I mean, I think that it's that's quite a difficult. You know, these books are quite difficult to do because mm. you you're not sort of to use that phrase, trying not to dumb down, but no, of you're not. also yes. writing for that sort of mythical category. The, you know, the interested general reader. Exactly. Uh, so in my case, I'm not much more than a general reader. <laughs> so I try to write for myself. You but know. you have but written or co, well, as you said, the Cambridge yes. history, but also Springboks on the Somme. Yes. The War for South Africa and History Matters selected yes. writing. So yeah. you've written a lot about history of South Africa. Yes, in, in through various sort of filters or lenses, you know. So mm-hmm. I grew up like many um, precocious 
overblown young boys or whatever, obsessed and fascinated by war. So I was always fascinated by the world wars and so on. Oh, really? Is that where uh, perhaps your interest in history yeah, came so from? Yes, so I think my, my interest in history as a very young child, I think, started with a sort of fascination in, with war. Mm-hmm. So, were you, you know, born here? You were I was, born in Cape Town. I was born here in, in Cape Town in Weinberg in the 1960s. I mean, the, you know, South Africa in the 60s. Uh, but one of the things about the 60s was that inflation was like very low and mm. the RAND was very strong. So I could buy endless FX model aircraft oh, really? from could the Second World Did War you? and I could buy endless regiments of. Um, Airfix plastic soldiers to mm-hmm. play with on the bedspread. <laughs> so I grew up, and I, so I sort of grew up with this obsession with with wars. Um, not South Africa's Anglo Boer War that came later, but with the World Wars. The World Wars, yeah. And I think that 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 sort of stayed with me. And then in my oh, up to my retirement, really, I taught war at UCT and at. Um, my goodness. And at um, the history of wars. So well, when you've retired at the wrong time with this whole Ukraine. Well, yeah. Well, yes, yes. A, another whole. But I, I used drama. to, I used to teach the sort of South African War, and I used to teach the Spanish Civil War, and the First World War at UCT and at Stellenbosch. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Spanish Civil War mainly because people know, well, you know, people know very little about that that war. Okay. Um, so it was just, as yes. I said earlier, it was a matter of course that you went into study history and yes. Yeah, so I got into history. Career. I got into history through sort of you know through war. I mean, yes. yeah, fair enough. I mean, I couldn't join the army. I'm a coward, so um, I had to find a distant way of <laughs> of engaging, of engaging with war you and know, writing yes. about it and talking about and it. And yes, yes. So Springboks on the Somme was about South African experience in. The First World War, and, um, and then I got into that whole sort of First World War project because when I was a PhD student in Cambridge, I spent two years working on a fascinating project actually with First World about First World War pensioners, and there were two hundred and fifty thousand files. Gosh, and I of had South African of, pensioners. No, no, British pensioners. Oh, British pensioners, okay. And I had to do, the job was to do a 10% random sample of the 250,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the rest were just burnt. Wow. Because there was no space to put them in an archive. Yes. Um, so that just, you know, deepened. Your deepened and and, and, yes. fat, and my, in yes. the sort of ordinary experience of, Gosh. of war. Well, certainly wars are covered in this book. Yes, um, yes, as I yes. Said, no, they both are. Wars both the, wars, yes. And the South and, African wars. And, well. and you know, uh, pre-colonial yeah, conflicts pre-colonial. as well. Yes. We, we're going to have another piece of music yes, yes. now. Um, Bill, what's, what's your next my, um, my second piece is also a sort of Sunday music um, piece, although maybe... Before or after the whiskey and um, <laughs> Yes, or, or uh, shortly, shortly after, or shortly <laughs> after lunch, and that's... Um, Keith Jarrett's uh, Köln concert, which I'm sure many listeners What a famous know. concert that was. No, as well, yes, it? remarkable piece of music mm. and recorded by accident. Yes, I mean, tell so me, how did it goes. was recorded by accident? Do you know I don't know. I d- I, as far as I know, I've been told this by a couple of people, including a sort of jazz historian, that it, you know, the intention was not to record that concert. It mm. was to record something else on that tour. Oh. 
and what ought to have been recorded wasn't. And this one just happened to be recorded <laughs> by someone who decided off his bat. To and look, it's become it. a and, look, and it's become a great classic. A and Keith, classic, and yeah. Keith Jarrett is the most, yeah. Okay, here we go with an excerpt from the Colm yeah. concert with mm. Keith Jarrett's. Mm.
There you are, an excerpt from the Colton concert featuring Keith Jarrett, and that was the second choice of my guest on People of Note this week here on Fine Music Radio, Bill Nassen, who is one of the editors of this extraordinary new book called New History of South Africa. And I mentioned, Bill, that it goes right back to pre, I mean, there's notes here from 200,000 to 100,000 years ago when modern humans evolve in Africa. And you start your first chapter, which is called From the First People to the First Mm. Settlements, Mm. with the year 300. Mm. So it really is early. And then secondly, from the great eruptions to African nationalism, Mm. taking us from, what, 1800 Mm. onwards, Mm. you just realize Mm. what a history we have we often speak Mm. about europe having this great history oh yes but so often this history hasn't been written about well i perhaps not treated in the way that it is yeah yes true true uh i think in such a purposefully vivid i think you know what we were trying to do in the book is to make it to use that phrase, come alive. Yes, and, yes. And make hence, it vivid. Make it vivid and, and hence and hence the copious illustrations and yeah. other material. The other um, thing that's interesting... Um, to bring something of the atmosphere, I think, of the past. Yes, and the A photographs of, and sketches yes. help that hugely, yes. by the way. Yeah. Yes. And there are some amazing mm. black and white photographs mm. that you've got yes. from archives and yeah. things from later yes. on. But... Um, one of the things that struck me also is you've got these boxes um, mm, on yes, some. Yeah. Explain the the point of that with slightly different color print and all that. Yes, I emphasizing think emphasizing something I in think, the chapter. You know, I think with many books you have you you often have sort of appendices at the back where mm. you've got material related to what's in the main narrative, and you can sort of pick up and elaborate at the end. And we mm. thought in a book of this kind, it's easier to sort of incorporate it along with the main chapter material. Okay. Now that so makes the sense. boxes so the boxes in a sense extend and amplify very specific things. Within that chapter. Within that chapter. Yes. Which so that the chapter sometimes isn't burdened with too much detail. You'll yes. get lots of extra detail yes. in the boxes. So it's a bit like, I don't know, you know, but like a bit of a cherry on the cake or, <laughs> Fair enough. or something and like that. And you don't that. have to constantly yes. go to the back and find yes. your way. Yes, no, no, that's it's it. Right so you there can, you can pick up and look at the box. Yeah. Um, or not, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that's the idea. The other thing, uh, when we were talking about the publication earlier, before we came into the studio, uh, about how very nice it is, this hardback, mm, yeah, you said there was yes. talk of doing a soft cover, but that wouldn't have worked, would it? Yes, not, I mean, I think originally like the thought was that uh, they would it would be done in softback. Oh, really? Um, that wouldn't have worked. Uh, but but, <laughs> but, but I think, no, this. but I think once it got into production and it became... The great big brick it is. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. very large book. It's seven hundred and seven hundred pages. pages yes. uh, that its its lifespan in soft covers would be very limited. It would so be. I think it's more rather enduring. Invest. Yes, invest yes, it's in more enduring in a decent hardback uh, with good paper. And a little biblical lintel. I rather like that. Touch, yes, yes, that the biblical lintel. Um, yes. Well, whose idea? Why, I don't, yes, I don't know where that came from, but some imaginative person yes. in, <laughs> in Tafelberg in production. Well, there are two, yes. which is a great help if you're yes. going backwards yes, and, forwards and forwards and not reading it yes, from cover to that's cover. That's it, actually. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't think I asked this at the mm. beginning. I sort of asked you how this came about, but how long has the whole process taken to get Ooh, it um, published oh, and gosh. onto the shelves? Was it a long process? It involves some new material yes. and then reworking of existing material to incorporate, you know, n- 
new findings and new readings in sense of probably 18 to 20 months. Oh, okay. So less than two years, yeah, in Less fact, than two years. Because yes. I had visions of you people working yes. away for years and years and years on end. Yes, at this, at yes. This. But I th- so we had the 2007, you know, which we talked about earlier. Yes, so we yes, had yes. that To work place. on to kind of Im- as, as a, a sort of template or a yes. basis. So, yeah. I mean, I think of my involvement with the Cambridge history. I mean, that I thought was, that would be in my tombstone. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, lies Bill Nasson. <laughs> the Cambridge history is still not being completed. Oh, you know, really? Something like that. I mean, oh, that gosh. was, that really took, gosh, yes. In the course of your um, career as an academic, um, have you, uh, we spoke about some of those books you have written, yes. but has writing books been something special to you that you felt you needed to do? Um, I, yes, I think any academic or so-called academic in my case, or scholar, um, no, don't put yourself down. No, I think, I think you know, obviously you want to write books and you want people to read them mm. and, and you, you want to provide some sort of educational role. But I, I think mainly I love writing. I, I love any kind of writing. That's nice to know. Um, nice. You know, I think it's like, well, it's like music or something. I mean, Charles Van Onselen, who is South Africa's greatest historian, once said to me that writing is the best form of therapy it costs you nothing, so it's very cheap. And secondly, it's um, it's therapy with someone you can't stand yourself. <laughs> oh, good grief! It's an interesting angle. Interesting. So I do. Um, I just love writing. So I do quite a lot of reviewing. I mean, I do quite a lot of book reviewing and other little pieces mm-hmm. and manuscript reports. And I, for me, writing. Yes, it's just. An opportunity, any opportunity to write, I will write. <laughs> and Bill, are you now now that you retired? Mm. Are you still writing and editing and? Reviewing? I am still. I'm doing all of those things. I um, I'm not editing. I think that will be my last editing work. But I'm still reviewing and writing currently. Mm-hmm. Yes. And missing university and missing. Uh, the to daily. be honest, no. <laughs> okay, yes, <be laughs> yes. Honest. I think many people have said to me, "Oh, you'll miss lecturing, and oh, you'll miss students, and and uh, actually, no, not that much. I won't miss not. I won't miss marking. You know, the, all the marking. I won't miss <laughs> invigilating exams. I won't miss meetings. Endless, endless, endless mm. meetings, mm-hmm. which produce nothing really. You know." Well, we all know. Yeah, we all know <laughs> that. <laughs> yes, those. and and bureaucracy, and and I think I think retirement is a time when one can enjoy a bit of freedom to to do Which things. Which I hope you're doing. I'm trying to, yes, to do the things I want to do rather than <laughs> the things I feel I have to do right. out of obligation. You know. But Bill, you said that you more were quite, time for wine. And yes, I was going to say you you said you that you were yes. a wine enthusiast, a yes. whiskey enthusiast. Yes, and no, so I am. Yeah, they, these are great hobbies, aren't they? They are. No, they are. They they are truly are. I mean, um, treated responsibly. We are speaking yes. responsibly here. And yes. you did say not, not being a sort of drunky, you know, no, no, just, of no not. nothing no, like no, that. No. But yeah. the art to appreciate the art. Yes. And no. I think you said to me also before we came into the studio that you wouldn't have minded being a wine taster. A oh, I wouldn't have minded, taster. but I mean, even more, I would not have minded even now just being a wine. Wor- I mean, you know, not slaving away in the vineyards. But just working in a wine cellar and being surrounded by wine production and wine Gosh, so it really is a bit of a passion for you. And, yes, it's interesting, actually, because, you know, most of my life has been around, you know, rather rarefied 
books and mm-hmm. libraries. Um, but uh, hasn't been unhappy. But but I've I think some of the happiest working times in my life have been when I've been doing simpler things. But you um, told me you worked I, on a I farm. I was an undergraduate student in Britain because yes. I got a scholarship here and I went to Britain. And I worked on a farm in Norway uh, for three consecutive summers on the same farm um, as basically sort of student slash cheap labor. Mm. And um, you stayed in the farmhouse with, you know, with the farmer and, and his family. Um, and you learned a little bit of snucker snuck in Norsk, you learned a little bit of Norwegian. And I had the most, it was very hard work, I mean, but mm. it was, you know, it was sort of July till September. And of course, it's not quite the northern lights, but it never gets dark yes. there. Yes. So you can walk around at midnight and, you know, it's just <laughs> astonishing. Um, but then I did, you know, I drove a tractor and I picked potatoes and planted Brussels sprouts and moved irrigation pipes. And there was something... Very earthy, earthy mm. and fulfilling about that, and you uh-huh. ate a great deal, and you worked very long hours, and slept well, and you actually drank rather a lot too, because <laughs> the Scandinavians do drink a lot, they I, do, yes, as we know they do. <laughs> and you're the Norwegians student. drink a lot, and the Finns drink even more. Yes, my one of my memories there was drinking vodka, Finnish vodka, with two Finns who'd come down. From Helsinki, it, they sound like the, wonderful times. Yes, they were. Had, you know, and before you entered the rarefied. I think that's it. Actually, so a time, yes. a time when you could live like a prince in a way. You know, what's your, your next piece of music, Professor? My next Nassim? piece of music is the female vocalist I love most of all, Natalie Merchant. If I have anything to do with it, any music at my funeral will be Natalie Merchant, and uh, it's an Andreas fault which I first heard in about 1990 or 91 when I was in America on a on a sort of visiting fellowship. Yeah, and it's a, it's about you know this, about the San Francisco earthquake. Oh, right. And it's yeah. the most wonderful song really about this glittery life you're leading and then underneath the grounds rotten, you know. So I love that sort of contradiction oh, and dichotomy. Yes. So that's that's a thing and also she has a voice that makes my flesh creep in a nice way. <laughs> Okay. That's all I can say, you know. <laughs> my flesh ripples, actually. Yes, okay. I'll yeah. watch while we're listening. Yes, <laughs> yes. Have 
Milk and honey Oven bake You'll be the brightest light That the world has ever seen The dizzy height Of the jet set light You could never dream Your pale blue eyes Strawberry hair Lips are sweet Skin so fair Your future bright Beyond compare It's rags to riches Over there I'm interested, mm. Bill. <laughs> did your flesh crawl or yes. creep? Whatever you said. Well, it did. Yes, it always does. Way. You know. Yeah. Um, Natalie Merchant there, yeah. and the Andreas Fault from Paradise is there. His name, the CD, mm. and there we had another choice of my guest on People of Note this week, Bill Nasson, and we're talking about this rather magnificent publication called New History of South Africa. Bill is one of three editors: Herman Chelyomi, Bernard Mbenga, and Bill. And one of the things I saw, um, because I have browsed a little bit mm. through the introductory mm. material, <laughs> haven't gone any further, is where you say that from the later mm. 17th century onwards, 
the Cape expanded mm. as a colonial mm. sphere, and in the course of its establishment of a social order within the first two centuries of its existence, two institutions played a crucial role. One was slavery until its formal abolition at the end of the 1830s, and the other was religion, mm. overwhelmingly Christian, mm. but also mm. Islam. Mm. And those, if you think back, it sort of makes mm. sense that, doesn't it? Slavery mm. and then religion has played a big role mm. in this Huge country. Role, actually. Both yes. Christians and Islam, and yes. a passionate yes. role. Yes, I mean, South Africa is, you know, a very religiously fied Mm-hmm. country as as we know and this was and all as a result of the missionaries that came out yes so i mean dutch. you know if you think of that sort of early period you know i thinking of religion i mean the mm. sort of dutch arrived and then you got the other dates of reformeerde kerk which is what keeps them together yes their culture and their language and their sense of allegiance as a as a sort of settler right population right. in a new land that's where they are a long way from from where they come and then of course the missionaries you know missionaries arrive later and i think the interesting thing about one of the interesting things south africa or the cape is a very healthy place for europeans so the missionaries could come here in this nice mediterranean sort of climate and very safe you know mm. relatively safe unlike some islands in the pacific there were no cannibals in the cape <laughs> so some some missionaries were eaten in the in the pacific it didn't happen here and so the missionaries sort of thrived and indigenous people had had their you know social structures uh, smashed or were disintegrated and so they were receptive and ready for some sort of spiritual or other message mm. Uh, to give them, you know, certainty in this chaotic, sort of confusing world, Absolutely. and so, uh, and so, you had this sort of evangelical, you know, this great evangelical sort of thrust, and then some slaves, of course, were sort of alienated by Christianity, which didn't seem to be very keen on baptizing many of them, uh, and then turned to Islam, and so at the same time, you've got, you know, the spread of Islam here in yes. the Cape, and especially um, in the Cape, yes. especially in the Cape, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so a it's a huge part of of this country's history. Very much know, so. Very much so. And if you think of you know, if you think of these habits now in the Cape, where you get wine guides and they'll have, and I think of this actually because slaves, or were always the names that slaves had were the were the names given by the owners or the traders. Yes. So slaves would simply be known by one name, yes. never by two names, and you sometimes still today see pictures sort of glossy pictures of the farmer who's called you know let us say apis lapus <laughs> uh, and in the new <laughs> south africa you'd also have now you'd also have the farm workers there but there you would have jim peter you know you wouldn't have the the full this, names yes, and it's, yes. it always strikes me that that that's a kind of legacy of that of that era that. one of the questions i was going to ask you as well bill was if I were to ask you what your favorite period was uh, working on, uh, what that would be, <laughs> and you may be able to answer that, but I w- will save you from it if well, you like. Well, not the present. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, exactly. Uh, yes. But you take the book right up to Chapter 15, Towards an Inclusive Democracy, and now a perplexing, challenging time, yes. troubled times. Yeah. Where have we ended some? Yeah. So you've brought us right up to date with thinking now, political and mm. historical thinking, with all the problems that we've had yes. in the last 20 f- few years yes. since 1994. Oh, yes. Yeah. yes. 
which gives it's not yes you know the land of milk and honey hasn't quite reached us yet uh, yes and i'm going to ask you if you know uh, why oh gosh shouldn't ask any story about the present rodney I prefer that, you know, I think we or I anyway, we prefer the deeper past. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you're asking me what my favorite period is. Yes, yes. I, I think probably because I've always, you know, my interest in war is that, is that period from the 1890s, from or 1880s, let's say, mm-hmm. gold and industrialization. Uh, and the Boer War. And the Boer War and the period up to Union is the period mm-hmm. I... Uh, am most familiar with and am most remain probably most interested in. You know. Is your interest in Where, war still yeah. there? Yes, yes, it is. So, yeah. are you following the Ukraine thing with a special oh. interest? I wrote a piece for this online literary journal Litnet about the Ukraine war. Uh, I, I got asked to write it and felt a bit uncertain because, you know, who am I, Bill Nassen here in Cape Town writing about? The Ukraine war. Um, so you feel what's that phrase associated with Lord Palmerston? You know, you be careful about sailing your gunboat into other people's waters. Oh my goodness! Um, yes. But I wrote a little piece, and there's a wonderful uh, historian of the First World War and of Eastern Europe called Norman Stone. He's dead now, but in his history of the First World War, he talks about the Ukraine and Russia. Or, you know, the end of the Tsarist period and um, at one point he says you know it's important to understand that without the Ukraine Russia is Canada mostly snow <laughs> and and <laughs> he says and with the Ukraine Russia is the USA oh and goodness. I think it's about you know what the Ukraine's resources and, yes, so, and that's yes, a fascinating yes. I thought I use that actually it's a fascinating way to think about Wow, the present conflict, you know, why the yes. Russians want to get their paws on on the Ukraine. Yes. And I always think to myself, yeah. you read about these wars, and there have been so many wars about, you wonder if there's been a world war going on for <laughs> for years. But here in... Well, South you know, Africa, there's um, there are two famous books, actually, about um, which deal with that, which talk about, you know, the long world war. Mm. And they say 1914 to 45. Wow. They treat the period as, as one war. As one war, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. And you can see why, actually. But what I was yes. going to say was, here in South Africa, since those days of the South African the Boer Wars, mm. we haven't had a war, and we seem to be safe from wars. No, it's remarkable, Even actually. That is, yes, it is. That's such a good point that you brought up, that South Africa is comparatively has been a remarkably safe place mm. you, uh, mm. you wouldn't think so no now. well we have our internal uh, we have, yeah. strife but uh, I mean there's a wonderful history of Europe by um, uh, Mark Mazoa and that's called the dark continent oh. isn't that nice yes Europe in the 20th century and it's basically about the impact of the world wars and you know the Armenian genocide and the holocaust and so on I used to use that in teaching when I used to teach war and then if you think of South Africa well, there was the Spanish flu. There was COVID. COVID. <laughs> uh, you know, th- there were these odd sort of disturbances. Mm. But actually, mortality 
has been, you know, life expectancy has gone up here yes. and so on. We're not being um, bombed and threatened. Being bombed and, and threatened and there's mm. really no, you know, so it's it's remarkably calm and it safe is. place. <laughs> apart, <laughs> from a, apart internal from, well, strife. apart from the internal yeah. strife and all the chaos that surrounds us. But yes. Well, it's been great to talk yes. to you and as always yeah. in radio, mm. you know, one runs out of time. But um, I must congratulate you and your two colleagues on this book. I'm just going to mention it once again. Mm. It's published mm. by Tafelberg called New History of South Africa. Herman Chiliomi, Bernard Mbenga, and my guest Bill Nassen were the editors. A fascinating list of writers as well. So have a look at it. Put it on your shelves and dip into it with your favorite whiskey, <laughs> shall we dare say. Yes. <laughs> Okay, before people think yeah. we've got, yes. you know, alcohol yeah. problems. Yes, well, we? no, that's true. We'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> what is we'll, your final uh, choice? Uh, my final choice is, um, is, is more jazz. It's Diana Kroll, uh, The Look of Love. And, she, I mean, she doesn't make my flesh ripple, but her voice is sort of sumptuous and satiny. And, mm, and she's when I was popular. And, you know, when I used to, um, I used to commute from Rondebosch to Stellenbosch when I was teaching in Stellenbosch for the last nine years of my working life. And I used to listen, used to play a lot of Diana Kroll going down the end too to just take my mind away from what was around me <laughs> until I turned off the end to, into the delights of Stellenbosch. Oh, a lovely story yes. to end. <laughs> yes. Bill Nesson, thank you very much for a fascinating chat. Thank you, Rodney. It's been a treat and a privilege to sit here and oh. chat to you. Thank you so much.
lipstick a lover's vow And then seal it with a kiss I can't hardly wait to hold you Feel my arms around you How long I have waited Waited just to love you Now that I have found you Don't ever go Don't ever go I love you so People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions.